you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them with me to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to be reading one verse, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23. So if you will read that or turn in your Bible, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. While you're turning there, I'll just mention, Sister Hanson and I, my wife and I, we're going to be taking a few days off and uh, before we go to general conference, so we'll be out of pocket for the next few days. If you need something, um, you can contact Brother Sister Jones or Brother Sister Wallace. If you text us, we'll, we'll respond, but it might not be right away, but just letting you know that we'll be out of pocket for the next few days. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Solomon wrote this, he said, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. My title tonight is the first few words of that verse. It's keep your heart. Keep your heart. And Solomon places an importance on this. He said, keep your heart with all diligence. It's important. It's important, he said, because out of it are the issues of life. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. And... It is important that we pay attention to our heart. It is important that we uh, pay attention to what, our, what is influencing our heart. The New International Version of this verse says, Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. Pay attention to your heart, he said. For everything you do flows from it. Another translation says, Guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your life flows from it. The source of your life flows from your that that means that I need to be sitting up and I need to know what's influencing my heart. I need to know what's going on on the inside. So of everything that we may protect, everything we may call precious, everything we may try to guard, it is our heart that we need to first consider. What's influencing me? What's impacting me? What is driving the decisions of my heart? Because the importance of protecting What's on the inside cannot be overemphasized tonight. It's not hyperbole. I'm not trying to be. Uh, I'm not trying to exaggerate things here today. It cannot be overemphasized how important it is that we guard what is influencing us. Amen. So we put controls in place. We have boundaries in our life. We implement standards and say, you know what? I'm not going to cross that line because. I want to know what is impacting me. So it's an interesting statement here. He said, keep your heart or keep thy heart in this verse. And that word keep, it goes back many centuries. And it goes all the way back, at least from what I was reading today, goes back to the days of castles and, you know, the days of the, the medieval days that word was used. And a keep in a castle was usually the part of the castle that was uh, most fortified. And if you were here for the men's meeting a few weeks ago, or last week when Brother Martin was here, he referred to this. But the keep in the castle was that part in the castle that was, that was built up, that was heavily fortified and guarded, and that's where they kept the most important possessions of the, of the castle so that if an adversary or an enemy came in and attacked the castle, um, there was this keep. That was uh, where they put everything precious to protect it from the enemy. Um, Wikipedia said scholars have debated, debated the scope of the word keep. 
but usually consider it to refer to large towers and castles that were fortified residences. So I want you to think about that with me for just a minute. If you, if you use the word keep in that, like it's in that mindset, that it's a fortified part of a castle, and Solomon says, keep your heart with all diligence, that is telling us that we need to fortify, strongly fortify our heart. We need to protect it at all cost because there's some precious things in there. We don't want the wrong things to get into our hearts. The Bible, when it starts talking about our heart, presents it uh, with the qualities of the mind. So if we talk about the heart in the Scripture, the heart ponders things. The heart perceives. The heart knows things. The heart imagines. The heart decides things. Uh, The heart of a person, the heart of who we are, is simply who, it's, it's ourself. It is the real us. It's the real me. It's the real you. Um, it's with our heart that we love. But with the same heart, a person can hate. You know, it's, it's what's going on in our heart. A person can, can have joy in their heart, or a person can be overwhelmed with sorrow in their heart. It's, it's, it's who we are. A heart can grow bitter, or a heart can be very peaceful. A heart can be fearful, or a heart can be courageous. And so, I I point you back to this, this statement, this proverb here, because Solomon warns us, he says, guard it. Guard what's going on on the inside. Because he said, if you don't guard what's going on in the inside, eventually what's on the inside of your heart is going to come out. We have to be able to protect our hearts because it's who we are. And if we don't want to be something out there, then we have to not let what's out there get in here. Does that make sense? We have to protect the influence, what's speaking to us, who is speaking to us, because we don't want that. We want this right here. And so we guard our heart. Have you ever put something in the microwave? A burrito? Hot pocket? You ever put something like that? Or a bowl of soup or something? And you do it just as the instructions say, and you, you cook it, and then you take it out, and you get ready to take a bite, or you, you, you know, it dings, and you take it out, and it looks all good. There's some smoke coming off your, your, your hot pocket, and it's, it's floating up there, and, and you cut into it, and you take a bite, and you realize that it's cold on the inside. The outside looks all right. It's heated up. Looks like the, there might be some cheese running out on the side or something, but Somehow the inside of it didn't get cooked, and it's still cold on the inside. Looks good, but it's not good on the inside. And I've learned that there are Christians that they, they look like Christians on the outside. And they got the appearance of Christians on the outside. Everything looks spiritual on the outside, but on the inside they're cold. They're like a hot pocket that hasn't been cooked all the way through. Jesus said it this way. He said, there are people that will worship me with their lips, but their heart is certainly not in it. Their heart's way out there. They may have their hands in the air. They may have the the sound coming out of their lips, but their heart certainly isn't dedicated to me. So Solomon says, guard it. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. So you say, well, what do I need to guard against? What things do we need to guard our heart against? Number one, we need to guard our heart against 
satanic influence against the spiritual enemy of our soul. See, I don't, I don't really, I don't really ascribe to that. I really don't think there is a, a spiritual enemy that really influences me. Here's what Jesus said to Peter. He said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. The same devil that was after Peter is after people today. He desire, Satan desires nothing more than to destroy the souls of people. He would like nothing more for people just to say, to throw in the towel and to give up. And he wants us to be done. He desires to destroy us. He is, as Peter, that St. Peter would later write, he said, your enemy, your adversary as a roaring lion, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Spiritual defeat is what he has in mind. Uh, when the devil attacked Job, the devil went after Job's possessions. He went after his family. He went after his money. Everything that, was, uh, that seemed to be important to Job, the devil attacked it. And the devil still attacks people through, through their family, through their possessions, through their health. The devil still goes after people. He's saying, I'm, I'm going I'm to do my best to destroy them. But the thing that saved Job is that he protected his heart. And he said, naked came I into this world, naked I'll return. He said, the Lord gave, the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I know that my Redeemer liveth. So Job protected his heart, and when the devil came knocking and the devil tried to come and destroy him, he said, buddy, you're not going to get in here. Now Job had to work out some things, and Job didn't understand everything, and, and God reprimanded him and corrected him in the later chapters of the book. But, but Job's heart was right. He, he loved God. He hated evil. And there are way too many people who become a casualty of the devil because they take the devil too casual. They don't think he's after them, and so they don't, they don't take spiritual things, or, uh, they don't take spiritual things uh, 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 of great importance, so they don't take them seriously. Paul told the church at Ephesus, he said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11, he told them he's writing about the armor of God. And he said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, he said, Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want to stand. Amen. I know, I know the devil goes after people. I know he attacks families. He attacks people's homes. But I'm going to put on the armor of God, he said, so you can stand. People in 2021 can stand for God. We can endure the attacks of the devil. Look at verse 13 of this same chapter. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. I don't think we need to cower to the devil. I don't think we need to bow down and, and just submit to the devil and, and give in to what the devil is trying to, um, trying to how he's trying to destroy our families and our homes. I think, I think there needs to be some apostolic people who stand up and say, you know what, devil, you don't belong in my home. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But there's too many people, apostolic people included, they're opening the door to satanic influence into their heart. 
They're allowing, instead of resisting the devil, they are allowing him to, to discourage them and to, and to lie to them. Look at verse number 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. The devil doesn't have to win. I don't have to live defeated. I can, I can live victorious. You say, how do, I, how do I live victorious? I'll tell you one way in this passage of Scripture is you put on the belt of truth. Verse number 14 says, having your loins girt about with truth. Now, I don't want to get weird or awkward up here, but my belt kind of, it keeps my, my pants up. It keeps my shirt tucked in. It kind of keeps things together. That's the purpose of a belt. It kinda, it's kind of the, the thing that keeps everything together. But truth is what helps us keep things together. So what, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are you talking If you know the truth, you can defeat the devil's lies. But if you don't know the truth, if you don't know what the Word of God says, it's hard to, it's hard to defend yourself with truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's why every opportunity we get, we get in the Word of the Lord. Every opportunity we get to study it or learn it or hear it or come to church and hear the Word of the Lord preached, we're, we're reinforcing truth. We're reinforcing that. We're hearing the truth. And then when the devil comes knocking and says, you're, you're a, you're a, uh, he says, you're, 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 I, I can't even think, you're defeated. The devil comes and says, there's no use in trying. He's a liar. And you say, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're saying, devil. I've got the Lord fighting for me. And so the more truth you have belted on, the more you can hold it together. You've got to know the truth. The truth will make you free. God help us to overcome the lies of the devil with the truth of this book right here. So we're not going to let the devil influence our heart. Neither are we going to let the world influence us. That's the second thing. We have to guard our heart against the influence of the world. Our hearts have to be protected against the culture, against the times in which we are living in. This is a battle that we fight, but it's a battle that every generation before us have fought. That the world is trying to make inroads into people's lives. It's, it's part of the culture, the, the times, and they're trying to influence people of God, godly people, to become more like the world. So I don't understand, Pastor. I'm not sure what, the, what you're talking about. The Bible says this about the world. It has pollutions. It has its corruptions. The world has its lust. The world has its own fashion. There is a wisdom of the world. And there is a spirit of the world. So as the spirit of the world and the lust of the world and the corruption of the world and the pollutions of the world begin to try to make inroads into our heart, we're drawing lines. Amen. Saints of God, we are drawing lines in our life. And we're saying, nope, world, you're not crossing that line into my life. I'm not, I'm not going to get so close to the world where I'm trying to, to live with one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Amen? I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to drive in two lanes at the same time. You ever follow people like that? You ever follow me and see me do that, try to drive in two lanes at the same time? I know my wife has ridden with me. She said, which lane are you going to drive in? But people do that spiritually. They're trying to drive in two lanes at the same time. Am I going to live for God or am I going to live in the world? Well, you need to make up your mind and live for God. 
Praise the Lord. So I draw lines in my life. And when it comes to things like entertainment, nope, not going to listen to that. Not going to watch that. That promotes immoral things. That promotes anti-biblical values. I'm going to get that out of my house. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to have that conversation. I'm not going to listen to that joke. I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm not going to fill my, my, my feed with that. You protect your, your, your you, you draw those boundaries because you are protecting your heart. So when you get in your car, and, and I'll, just, I'll just say this, but if, if you have music playing in your car that, for example, is country music, what you need to do after church when you walk out the door is you need to change your presets to something that's either neutral or something that's godly. You say, what are you talking, why do you say that, Pastor? Why are you trying to clamp down? Why are you trying to say we can't listen to country music? I'll tell you why. Because if you look at the lyrics of country music, it is promoting immoral things. It promotes adultery. It promotes alcoholism, drunkenness. There is no question about it. You, I said it, I think, a week or two ago. I don't remember which Wednesday night it was. But I went back and I pulled up the lyrics of the top 20 or 40 country songs of the, of the last couple of months. It is unbelievable. I, I do not... I'm not trying to get sidetracked here, but I do not know how anybody who calls himself Christian or a child of God can, can, without conviction, turn that on and listen to that stuff. But, but my point is, is that we have to draw boundaries in our life. And it goes for rock music and other kinds of music, rap, hip-hop, whatever. But we have to draw boundaries in our life and, and, and be wise and say, you know what, I'm not going to let that message start filtering into my heart. That says, yes, you can drink beer and you can, and you can have a close relationship with you. You can be a drunk and have a close walk with God. When the Word of God says, I will not be brought under the power of any. That when the Word of God says that this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And if this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, then I need to pay attention to what's happening in this, this temple. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we, we are wise about it. It's not that we're trying to be legalist. And I, you know what, that word is so overused, that word is so misused. Um, godly people come out from among them and are separate, saith the Lord. And they do not touch the unclean thing. Godly people abstain from all appearance of evil. Here's my prayer. God, give us stronger convictions. God gives us, give us convictions that will push the influence of evil out of our hearts. I pray, I pray nearly every time I pray now, I, when, before services, and I pray, God, this is what I pray, I pray, God, push back the influence of evil in our day. Push back the inroads that the enemy has made into the church. I pray things like that because I know God has the power. But, now you listen to me. But if I pray that, but then I open the door and I give a foothold to the enemy, I am allowing, I am allowing that stuff to influence me. So let's have boundaries. Let's be wise in our choices. Galatians 3 and 1, Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. He said, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? 
Here's what happens to people, and I've seen it happen. In the 17 years, almost 18 years now I've been pastoring, I've watched it happen. People start allowing the world to influence them. They start drawing close associations and ties with the world. And it isn't long that they start questioning the validity and the power of this book. And they say, it's like what Paul just said, what I just read in Galatians 3.1. Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And people start making statements or having thoughts like, I'm not sure if all that's necessary. I don't know if you just, I don't know if you just look around. Look at, look at how many people in the world are, are doing it. It must be okay. That's foolish thinking. And I don't say that derogatory or in a mean way, but that's foolish thinking. It doesn't matter how many people are doing it. Amen. It doesn't matter if the whole town is wrapped up in it. If the Word of God says, don't do it, don't get involved with it, I'm not going to get involved in it. So we draw boundaries. We have guidelines in our life. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 should be on the screen. I'm going to read it from a different version. But you can see it. It says, corrupt, evil communications corrupt good manners. But that's an old King James way of saying bad company corrupts good habits. Bad company corrupts good habits. If I'm reading the wrong things, if I'm listening to the wrong voices, if I'm watching the wrong things, if I'm associating with the wrong groups, it's going to influence me. So how do I know it's wrong? That's a great question. How do I know something's wrong? Does it move me closer to God or does it hinder me from serving God? Think about it. Be honest. Is that, is that person, is that relationship, is that association, is that activity, is it drawing me closer to God or is it actually hindering me from serving God? If the answer is it's hindering me, it's wrong. Does it bring peace or does it bring chaos to my life? Does it promote godliness or does it promote worldliness? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I'll tell you about the, the, the thing to remember about the world is that nothing about the world is going to last. It's all going to go away. So you can, you can take your tent, and you can set your tent up, and you can attach yourself to the world. But I'm going to tell you, in the end, it's all going to come to naught. Because that's what Lot did. Lot set up his tent, and he got tied to, he got tied to Sodom. But he paid the price for it too. We can make wiser decisions. We can make good godly decisions and walk in a godly direction. So Solomon is telling us, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence above everything. Protect your heart, he said. Number three, we need to protect against the influence of our own flesh. Not only the devil, because we're not just fighting one battle here. We're, we're fighting several battles on several fronts. And we're fighting against a spiritual enemy. We're fighting against the influence of the world. But we're also fighting against the influence of our flesh. Within every one of us. Every one of Me too. 
every one of us, you're fighting a battle right now. It's an internal struggle. Do I walk in the spirit or do I follow the flesh? Every person here, we're fighting that battle. Do I follow the Lord and his word or do I follow what my flesh is telling me to do? Do I follow convenience and, and comfort? Do I follow what I feel? Do I follow my emotions or do I follow what's right? Do I follow the spirit of the Lord? And so we've got this struggle going on inside of us. The, the spirit is contrary to the flesh. And we've got this internal battle going on. And so what we're doing here is we are protecting our heart because we know now. We know that we have to protect our heart from the influence of our flesh. You can go back when you have some time and go back and read Galatians chapter 5. It's, it's the chapter that talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And it lists a whole, there's a whole group there. I think there's probably 15, 16, 17 things listed in Galatians chapter 5. It's, they said it's the work of the flesh. And um, when those things crop up in our life, we know the flesh is trying to take control. For example, when envy creeps up or, or jealousy, we know it's our flesh at work. When, when we start feeling that, that, that irritation towards somebody else because they got something and we didn't or they, something happened to them and it didn't happen to us and, and that jealousy arises or that envy, whatever you want to call it. But, but we, we, we battle this. And when, for example, when, when pride, when pride rears its head, and it does, we know that's our flesh. And we, we, we suppress it. We, we push that back down. Why, why do we deal with pride? Because God resists the proud. The proud. The pride, the Bible's in the book of Proverbs here that we've been reading from, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride, we do not want to let pride rule in our hearts. And uh, so we, we deal with it. We, we, we recognize that as a work of the flesh. We don't let pride influence our heart. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. Um, when we uh, sense offenses, are try, or we're, you know, sometimes... Sometimes things happen in our life, and the natural reaction is to be offended. And we seem to live in, a, in an age of offenses. It seems like it's, it's like very common now for people to get upset about anything. But that's part, of our, that's part of our day. But that, if you want to call it a spirit, you can. But that, that spirit of offense can rise up in us. Jesus said offenses are going to come. Well, they didn't talk to me. They ignored me. They didn't shake my hand. You know, they, they looked at me weird or whatever. Don't let somebody else's actions be the thing that hinders in your walk with the Lord or bring you down spiritually. Um, we, we have to deal with things, and we know these going in, so we just we, we, we don't allow that offenses to influence our heart. We don't allow the works of the flesh, we, we don't allow self-deception. We don't believe the lies we're telling ourselves. So my point is, is that we're, we're, we're drawing boundaries in our life and we're limiting the influence that our flesh has upon us because we want to live for God. We want to serve the Lord and honor the Lord and follow the leading of His Spirit. 
So we draw lines in our life. We have boundaries. You say, Pastor, why do we need to guard against those things? Because out of our heart are the issues of life. And I want you to think about this with me for a minute here. Out of our heart is flowing. Um, one translation says, your life is shaped by your thoughts. I can't read your thoughts right now. I don't know what you thought. I don't know what you're thinking about now. I don't know what you thought about before you came to church. Um, maybe, maybe you thought, oh, I'm so tired. Maybe you thought, I'll be glad when church is over so I can eat. Maybe you thought, I'm ready for this day to be over. I don't know what you're thinking. But your thoughts shape who you are. If, you came to, if, you came, if you've been going through this day and you have a mindset that I'm victorious, I've got hope, I'm living for the Lord, those thoughts are going to shape your life. But if you walk around with your head hanging down, oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so defeated, life is so discouraging, oh, it's so rough, I'm so overwhelmed, blah, 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 blah. Those thoughts, and I don't mean to undermine anybody's experiences in life, but those thoughts shape your life. So that's why we protect what's influencing our heart. Praise the Lord. It's the Word of God. It's hope. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His Spirit working in us. Matthew chapter 15. If you'll flip over there with me. Matthew chapter 15, verse 17. This is Jesus speaking here. And he said this, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not. Amen. Now this is a very important statement, very important, important passage of Scripture. Because Jesus is saying that the very things that are flowing out of a man, whether they're evil thoughts or they're immorality or they are lies or they are uh, thefts or stealing, he said those are coming from the heart. He makes a statement that in verse 17 he said whatever goes in the mouth into the belly is cast out into the draught. Um, basically he's saying, and I don't mean to be crude or inappropriate here, he said whatever you put in, your, put in your, your mouth, your belly, it ends up in the sewer. Whatever you put in your heart, it flows back out of your life, whether it's evil thoughts or any of those things that are listed there in that passage. So you want to you know, know what is in a person's heart? And I know that we can't truly know everything that's in our heart or in other people's hearts. God looks on the heart. But you want, to know, you want to know how you tell what's in a person's heart? You just listen closely. You just, you just you listen to them. And they might be all nice and smiley and happy. And then all of a sudden, they'll make a statement. I really, you know what? I can't stand that person. That's it. That's, that's how you know what's in their heart. It might, that, that kind of a statement might be from anger. It might be unforgiveness or bitterness. But all of a sudden, 
the heart is exposed. You know, people, people wear a facade, people wear a veneer. We all have our game faces. But if you really want to know what's in a heart, you, you just pay attention for just long enough, and it will come out. It's, it's, gonna, it's, going, to, it's going to reveal it. That's, that's what Solomon is teaching us, that out of the heart flow the issues of life. You might not see it every time you see that person or around that person, but eventually what's in there is going to flow out. That's why we guard it. That's why we keep it. That's why we fortify it. We're not allowing things to influence us. And so these issues of life are our thoughts. It's what we're saying. It's our activities. You can't get away from it. You can't hide because it's going to come out. Our habits, our reactions, our expressions, our feelings, even our, even our appearances. The way a person presents themselves, it is, it is, a, it is a, an expression of what's going on in their heart. If a person dresses immodestly, that's usually a reflection of what's going on in their heart. They, well, it could have been because they've never been taught. But in a lot of times, it's an expression of their heart. There's some immorality in their heart. The issues of life are revelations of the heart. So, for example, a person shows kindness to someone. They, are, they express kindness toward another person. They do that because they have kindness in their heart. The issues of life are the revelations of the heart. If people spend time with God and they take time to pray and they take time to spend time with the Lord, it's because they have a heart for God. David had a heart for God. He was a man after God's own heart. He had a heart for the Lord. But on the other hand, if people, if a person speaks divisive words and is trying to divide relationships, they're doing that. Not because they're trying to make something right. When people start speaking like that and talk, they are doing that because it's in their heart. They have malice in their heart. They have anger issues. They have something going on in their heart. If somebody is out trying to divide other people, they're not trying to restore something. They're trying to tear something apart, and it's in their heart. When people are unfaithful to God, when people are unfaithful to the house of God, when they're unfaithful to their, their walk with the Lord, it's because it's, there's, there's a heart problem. You know, it's not, just about, it's not just about getting down on our knees and praying. It's about there's something going on in their heart. It's not just about being faithful to the house of the Lord, coming to church when we're supposed to come to church. It's, it's a bigger issue. It's a bigger problem. There's something going on in their heart. Amen? Because our heart is going to, re, going to be revealed in our actions, in our expressions, in the way that we live our life, in the words that we speak, in the activities that we involve ourselves. It's, it's a revelation of our heart. And so Solomon is saying, build some boundaries in your life and protect what is influencing in your heart because you want a heart after God. Amen. When, when people are... are are unfaithful when people you know you can talk about I could talk about giving tonight if, if when people give to the kingdom of God and and they tithe and they say they give to missions and they're they're they want to give to the work of the Lord because they have a it's in their heart but when people say yeah not gonna give not gonna give this paycheck 
No. And they withhold. It's not about the tithe. It's not even about the giving of the... It's, it's about their heart. There's something bigger going on. So we have to protect our heart so that those kinds of activities and those kinds of expressions and that kind of those feelings and reactions, they do not become a part of us. And the goal, the goal is to have a complete heart for the Lord. Sometimes, and not sometimes, every one of us really, um, we have areas that we're strong in and we have areas that we're working on. And so there, there might be some of us here, some of you here, that you have your speech whole and complete and um, you don't ever slip up with, with uh, things that are not right. You, I mean, you never, uh, you, know, you never say anything inappropriate. You may have that all right. But there might be another side, another part of your heart, maybe some activities or habits that need to be changed. But the idea is to not just have our speech right, but it's to have our activities right. Um, some people might have all of their, their lifestyle and activities right and going together, but they might strug- struggle with pride in their appearance. Again, the idea is to get the whole heart and give it to God. Well, well Pastor, I'm doing pretty good in this area. Well, what about this area? We're giving our, our entire being to the Lord. So turn back to Matthew chapter 12 now. I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Look what Jesus said here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So notice what he said in verse 33. Jesus made this statement. He said, make the tree good. Make the tree good. How do I make the tree good? You make the tree good by planting the right kinds of seeds. What, what, what's a, I asked my wife this, this afternoon, I guess it was. What's a, what's a vegetable? What's a vegetable that you like? Very quickly, we're running out of time. What's a vegetable you like? Say it loud. Sweet potato, squash. So what's a vegetable you don't like? What? What's wrong with peas? Those those are the green ones, right? Oh, man. We're not going to vote on this deal here. (laughs) But obviously, if you like sweet potatoes, that's the kind of seed you have to plant. That's what you want out of it. That's what you plant. You don't plant English peas seeds to get sweet potatoes. It all comes down to planting the right kinds of seeds. So, here's what happens whenever the Lord begins to reveal things to us. And our prayers, Lord, show me. Lord, show me things I need to work on. 
Open my eyes, Lord. I need to, if, if there's things in my heart that are not right, that are not pleasing, that are honorable to you, Lord, show them to me. Nobody's perfect here. Not yet. So we pray that God show it to me. But here's what we do. When the Lord shows us something that's not honorable to him, we cut it off. We starve it. We, we start trying to do whatever we can to, to starve the evil fruit. We cut it off. So, for example, if it's, if it's information streams that we're feeding our mind, if we're paying attention to too much news or too much social media and it's starting to affect our mind and our thinking and, 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 and we're, we're starting to look at how everybody else does things and everybody else's great things that they post on things and all of a sudden we're feeling jealous or we're, we have envy toward them, what we do is we start starving that seed. Because it's, it's, it's causing the wrong kind of fruit. If it's entertainment streams, we starve those things. If it's the wrong kind of entertainment, we start starving that. If it's the wrong kind of music, if it's the wrong kind of, of any kind of entertainment, we cut it off because it begins to influence us in the wrong direction. If it's relationships or associations, and not every relationship is, is good for us, Amen. More people ought to say, should have said amen to that. Not every, you know what? I believe this with all of my heart. I don't have to be a friend with everybody in the world. Because, because there are people in the world that, that they just have, a, they have a, a negative and a detrimental effect on me spiritually. In fact, Paul said this. He said, Paul said this. I don't remember. I didn't write down the verse. But he said, Mark those which cause division among you and avoid them. If there are people who have a divisive spirit, stay away from them because they're just trying to separate and, and pull. So not every relationship, not every association is good. Not everything that people get involved in is good for their, is good for their relationship with the Lord. There are things that people get involved in. It distracts them from living for God. It pulls them aside. It, it hinders their relationship with the Lord. There are negative people that, that sometimes we build relationships with, toxic people that have a hindrance on us when it comes to living for the Lord. We need to starve that relationship. Amen. There are activities, extracurricular activities. There are sports that hinder people's relationship with the Lord. You know what we need to do? We need to cut that off and we need to starve that relationship. Praise the Lord. And I'm talking about guarding our hearts and having a heart for the Lord. We need to cut some things off and starve them. And then once we start cutting them off, we start planting the right kinds of seeds. What are the right kinds of seeds? We start putting the Word of God into our hearts. Amen. Every morning, I'm getting up and I'm getting the Word in my heart. Every day, I'm reading something from the Scripture I'm planting a seed. God, what are you telling me today? What do you want to show me today? He said, and you know what? You might, you know what? You might get done reading your Bible tomorrow morning and thought, well, and think something like this. Well, I don't know. I didn't see much there. And go on about your day. But you do that tomorrow, and you do it Friday, and you do it Saturday, and you do it Sunday, and all of a sudden you're starting to plant seeds, and you become stronger in the Word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. You, you plant the Word of God. Je Jesus said this. 
And I read this in my reading yesterday or day before. He said this. He said, let these sayings sink down into your ears. I like the way that's phrased. Let them sink down into your ears. Because there's a lot of people, they just have a surface relationship with God. They just show up to prayer. They show up to church once in a while. They just kind of have a surface relationship with the Lord. But Jesus is saying, let, let that seed find some good ground. And let it sink deep. And let it come to fruition. Let, let's have a relationship that goes beyond just a surface relationship with Him. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And the more seeds that are planted, the more fruit is produced. So we start planting new seeds. And lastly today is that we change our thought patterns. We change our thought patterns. Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Because ultimately, I'm going to tell you something. You might, you might not know this, and I don't mean that in a bad way or dark, derogatory way or anything. I hate, I hate that I have to make qualifying statements. But ultimately, we are in control of our thoughts. We control what we think about. And there are times that we have to cast down imaginations. There are times that we have to bring into captivity thoughts that are against God, that are against God's Word. And we have to bring them into submission to the Word of God. And we don't dwell on those things, but we bring them into captivity and we think on the right things. It's kind of like what Brother Alba was preaching on Sunday night. He was preaching about wonderland thinking. People get their thinking all upside down. People are all upside down spiritually because they're thinking the wrong things. Why don't we change the way we think so we can get upright with God? Praise the Lord, so that we can think godly thoughts and stop thinking worldly thoughts. Think godly thoughts, the Word of God, and stop thinking thoughts that the devil is trying, seeds that the devil is trying to plant into our mind. Amen. But we want our hearts to be whole because Jesus said that the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. You better stand with me. Stand up. Stand up. Read it with me. Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Love Him with all of your heart. Not just a part of your heart, not just part of your life, but I'm going to love the Lord with all of my heart, completely. Amen. So here's how I want to close tonight. I want you to pray with me, and I want you to pray specifically for you, for your situation, wherever you're at. Just pray, God, if there are things in my heart that are not dedicated to you, help me, Lord, to start making the change. Help me start cutting some things off that are not honorable to you, and Lord, help me to start planting seeds that are going to bring things that are, that are pleasing to you to fruition in my life. Would you do that? Would you pray with me as we wrap up here tonight? Lord Jesus, we look to you tonight, and we thank you for the word of God that is true.